Welcome to Bites of Light with Angel and Seth Rohr. We provide bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to feed your soul, expand your awareness, and free your mind to help you create a more beautiful today and a brighter tomorrow. Join us in our magical kitchen as we serve up another high-vibe snack for your soul. All right, welcome, welcome to another episode of Bites of Light. Today we are joined by Suzanne Rowland. She is one of the authors in our new upcoming collaborative book called Bites of Light, Evolving Leadership for the Spiritual Entrepreneur. And we are very excited to have her here today. Suzanne and I met just a few months ago on a trip to Teo for another collaborative book with a friend of ours. And it was an amazing experience. I know that for me, the first time I saw Suzanne, I just saw her light shining so bright. And then they assigned us buddies to for to kind of just to help keep track of everybody. And sure enough, she got assigned to be my buddy. So I was like, Yay. I felt so grateful to have one, a buddy who wasn't half squirrel. So I didn't have to chase her around all the time, figuring out where she was at. And two, just someone so easy to be around. So your chapter in the book is something that is very intriguing to me because it's not something I personally have a lot of connection with. And it's not something that we've had, actually had a come up on our on a podcast here yet and it's that connection to the ancestors and and utilize kind of utilizing that in your journey and I, yeah I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you how you kind of came into that awareness and and what that's kind of been meant for you sure yeah um I guess actually the first thing I remember so my my grandfather that the two that I'm closest to are my paternal grandparents my grandfather actually died before I was born, about a year and a half before I was born. So I didn't get to know him as a kid. And my grandmother lived until I was about 13. And I think my first experience was very shortly after she died, she started coming into my dreams. And and then suddenly he did too. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I, you know, I had never met him. And here he is, like all of a sudden showing up with her in my dreams. And most of the time, the messages were like, basically that I'm always with you. Like in the dream, I would go, I'd be in one room with them and then I'd walk into another room and they were there again. And I was like, wait a second, how did you? And it was like, I'm, I'm always here with you. And I think at that time I, I was pretty shut down as far as, I mean, I, I was raised in a Methodist church and had pretty traditional Christian values and, and understanding and anything outside of that norm just was like, we didn't talk about it and we didn't, you know, it wasn't part of our experience. And so I just thought, okay, that was just a dream, whatever. Like I, it was like, I knew, but I didn't quite get it or I wasn't, I I didn't want to admit it, I guess, that there could be something else that that was really them. And through the years, I, I just kept sort of feeling that, especially with my grandmother. And then it was in 2016 and 17 when everything just kind of shifted in my life that that I opened even more. I had, I started feeling these pulls in my body, like I'm supposed to go do this thing. And I didn't understand it because I hadn't been listening to my intuition. And one of them was that I needed to go to Sedona for the gathering of the shamans. And I'm like, okay, why, you know, I don't have the money for that, whatever. And I kept kind of putting it off. And then finally there were a bunch of synchronicities that just kind of lined up and it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. There were, there were all of a sudden the money started showing up. I had friends that were like, you got to go, you know, 
and actually handing me money to go because they knew that this is what I needed at the time. And when I got there, actually before I went, I was trying to explain this to my parents where I thought I needed to go on this trip. And and my dad was like, no, I think I think I said something like, I just know it's right. It just feels right. And so I'm, you know, I really think I need to go. And my dad said, well, you sound like your grandfather. He used to say, figure out what's right and do it. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And then when I got there the first night, I actually, part of the way I got to go was as a volunteer. So that saved me some money. And so the first night when I got there, I was helping to set up the merch tables and Stephen Farmer was there. Are you familiar with him? You know, Yeah, animal, he's actually coming on our podcast next week. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so he was, he was one of the speakers there. And so- yes. We were setting up his merch and his, you know, Oracle deck and all of that. And he, he walked by and was like, Hey, if you, if you all want to grab a card, you know, you can just take a card and it, and it's yours. You can keep it. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, the card I pulled out was the Eagle and it says, do what's right. And I was like, wow. Okay. So I kind of was like, Papa, like, <laughs> like, is this you? And then so the next day, actually, the other thing that happened, and this is where I met Stephanie and Jeremy, I was working at the, the sign-in table and they walked up and immediately before they even said their names, I was like, I know you. And I was like, no, you don't. And Stephanie was like, I felt it too. And I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> all right. Well, the next day I got to experience shamanic journeying for the first time. And Stephanie wasn't leading the, the guided part, but she did have her big drum there. And so she was coming around and she... And I was, you know, all up in my head, busy, busy head. I couldn't focus. The squirrel was active. (laughs) And And Stephanie walks up or walks over me. Of course, I had my eyes closed, but she was just like directly over me with her giant drum. And it was like, and immediately the visual started. And it was this eagle flying over. And I was like, and it was just like clear as day. I was like, okay, that's him. And he guided me through this beautiful journey that I started seeing, um, kind of a path opening up in, in front of me. And it was throughout the next few weeks and then several months beyond that, I started seeing some of the things he had shown me like in my actual life. And I was like, all right, this there's a there's something to this. <laughs> but one of the things was at the end of the weekend, Stephanie was telling me all about this trip to Teo. And she was like, well, this one's full, but I know we're going to go back. So I'll, you know, if you want, get you on the mailing list. I think it would be a really powerful experience for you. And so I was kind of excited about it. But of course, I was like, okay, well, whenever the time comes. Well, on the way home, I get an email from her. And she said, hey, we had two cancellations. We're offering half price. I've already checked the tickets from Austin. And they're only 100 bucks to Mexico City. Wow. And she's like, you got to go. And my first thought was, again, like, well, I still don't. I just spent all my money going out to Sedona. I don't have anything to get to and and when I got my mail that had been held while I was traveling I picked it up and I opened there was a a check from insurance that I had filed a claim for I think six months prior and had forgotten about and it was within ten dollars of the amount that she quoted me and I was like okay (laughs) anyway so that was synchronicities right so that was what guided me to Teo and when I was there of course there's all the the eagle symbolism that just was like calling to me. It was just, you know, and so I, I got like this little obsidian eagle and just, it was the whole time I felt his presence and my grandmother's too, but in that case, it, it felt she was a little less tangible. Like he was just right there. And and um, 
shortly after that, I found a, a group in Austin, a women's circle that does shamanic journeying every week. And after that, it was just like week after week, these connections, these, this guidance just kept coming through and leading me and everything. You know, I'd have these heavy things. I was, I was in the middle of a divorce. I was, you know, all of these things were that I was going through and every week I'd tap in and it was like clarity and guidance and feeling protected and, and held and seen. And it was just this very powerful experience. And to continue that on through the next year, I was starting to see these, see these places in Africa and thinking, well, I'll go to, I'll get to Africa someday. Well, the Eagle, my grandfather kept flying over these rock formations and, and whatever. And again, synchronicity started showing up and, and taking me to these places that I'd never been before and like dropping people in front of, in my path that had these connections. And so I ended up in Africa mid or September, 2018. And again, started seeing these things that I'd been seeing in my journey with my grandfather, with the Eagle and went, actually was taken to this rock formation and introduced to the grandmother rock. And it was just like, my body felt that moment. I was like, she's been showing up as these rock formations all this time. She was showing up in Teo for me with the pyramids and the obsidian and all of this. She's my path and this grounding force in my life, just holding me and guiding me. And it was just like, everything kind of clicked. And then we got up to the top of this rock formation and there's these eagles flying over. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so anyway, it was just like, it just kept happening this way. And I would, so I would see the place that I was is what I was seeing. And like, there's no other, there's no explanation, no logical explanation for that, right? right? There's no, so, you know, it's just kind of like, just telling me over and over, like, this is real. You have a deep connection with these people and they're guiding you and they're showing you what makes your life more magical and more alive. And so anyway, I could keep going. There's there's story after story. <laughs> but that, well, it, ju it just goes to yeah. show that when you start doing this work, you do have to document and you have to go, oh, okay, well that happened. Oh, and then that happened. I, I remember when I started on my path and, and, you know, these synchronicities started showing up, you know, you have to check yourself and, and yeah. is this real? Am I crazy? Am I making it up? Is it just a coincidence? And, and these, these loops, these phrases go over and over in your head. But I found as soon as I started writing it, and documenting mm -hmm. it and say, you know, I kept, kept a journal. And yeah. in those moments, I would go back to my notes and go, no, actually, this is consistent now. Right. And you, you finally yeah, get, you get to mean, a point where you're like, I can't deny yeah. that seer vision anymore. I just can't deny it anymore. Yeah. When I was, when I was being called to Africa and I, I actually got this book about the white lions from when Linda Tucker and, and there was a whole other set of synchronicities with that, but that could take another hour. But anyway, I got her book and there were all these things in her book that I had seen in my journeys. And that was part of how it was like, okay, there's this connection so strong. And so I started underlining things in the, in my journals that I kept about my, my journeying. Right. And and the other thing that I had as far as validation was after a journey with the women's circle, we, you know, if we choose to, we can share what our, what our experience was. And so I had shared all this stuff all along the way. And so when it started happening, even they were like, isn't that, wasn't, didn't you talk about that? And I'm like, 
I did. <laughs> so it's like I had this external validation from these other people too right. that were reminding me this, you know. So yeah, yeah it's those are very useful for breaking through the ego. Right. right? The ego that says, no, 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 that's not real. You can't see it with your eyes and right. hear it with and, and touch it. That's not real. Right. So having those things written, seeing it happen time after time, having somebody outside of yourself say, yeah. no, that's, I saw that too. Or look at, look at the pattern that's happening. It helps right. break the ego down and allows mm -hmm. the heart to just kind of take charge and, and start, start to override the brain that we've given ultimate right. authority over the last, you know, yeah, almost and, all of our life because we right, tried to follow our heart early on and, and we got in trouble for it or were told that's bad and that's right, wrong. Right. And a lot of it, I mean, my father's an engineer, my brother's now an engineer, but they're very scientific minded, right? And so they want evidence. They want, you know, which of course now I've had my own evidence with this, but at the time yeah. it was hard to prove it. And if I were to say something like that to them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so, but now I'm with people who understand it and can support me. And it's not to say they would have been mean about it or whatever, but I think they just wouldn't have understood it. And I felt like as a kid, I know part of that was what shut me down. And it certainly wasn't intentional. The love was right. there, but it was just, that was not, it didn't make sense to them. Right. So well, humans can only comprehend at their level of awareness. Right. right. And right. so when you bring something to them that is, well, what they may even consider magic. Right. They, how does their brain comprehend that? If our brains, we're the ones experiencing it and we can't even comprehend it. How do we expect somebody at a different level of awareness? Yeah. To understand yeah. it. And, and my know, dad was, I felt like he was beginning to open to more of it in his later years, but you know, by the time I really got to a point where I was comfortable enough in my own journey, he was already well into dementia. And so it was, right. you know, he was in a different reality, but it was, you know, although there were things that he would say and, you know, I'm like, okay, now is this just in his mind or is he actually experiencing something, you know, and it was well, so you had the different level of awareness while he was going through right. dementia. This is your right. father we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so with you having this, you know, other awareness that you've already played with and understand that there's different realities and we are multidimensional beings, that must have been fascinating to witness and hold because you were your father's caregiver. It was. Yeah, it was. And I, so to I step into that space, that. knowing yeah. that he's accessing other realms while you're caretaking, like that must have been a pretty wild experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was such a jumble. Of course, there's the the grief of watching him deteriorate and change. I mean, he was always such just like a brilliant mind and and even keeled and gentle and generous and and you know he had just such a beautiful personality. And watching that fade away and get so was difficult. You know, it was it was really sad. And it, you know, there were times when I just felt angry, like what? How could this happen to him? But at the same time. I think I came in, I actually had, had hoped to put a little bit more of this in that first chapter, but I just didn't have the space, but, you know, sort of, I was able to see sort of this magic to it that I think most people couldn't. Yeah. You know, there was this other understanding gave me some peace when I think other people were 
stuck in the the apparent dysfunction of, of dementia, right? And right. yeah, there'd be times that I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> he's seeing like there were there were these ladies that he talked to, and I think they were maybe his aunts or somebody, some people that he grew up with, because he seemed to he really enjoyed being around them. I don't think it was like lady my mom used to joke about his other women and I'm like no it, it doesn't feel like that you know I mean she was right. kidding she didn't think that he was actually but but I was like it doesn't feel like that it feels like elders like these are women that he looks up to and that he you know kind of cherishes from you know so I kept thinking maybe it's his aunts or well and then some... wouldn't it make sense that the divine feminine would would step in to hold in that space right, right. yeah yeah, I mean, and he saw his his he had his, spirits, he had his spiritual right. caregivers, and then he had the physical caregivers, right. you know, which you did for him. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think holding people through that kind of phase of their lives, you know, there's so many lessons that come from being a caregiver in 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 that capacity. Mm -hmm. There's so much growth that comes, and we know that those who dig the deepest shine the brightest. And I do believe that is that is why you've been able to cultivate so much light in your own being because of some of these experiences that you've had to right. go through. And, and I've been just, oh go ahead. And and just you know, just stood up and faced them and and had the courage to walk through those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been I've been going through it with my aunt as well over the last year. She's she's still hanging on. Like, I just want to say, bless her heart. Like she's her, she has no real quality of life anymore and hasn't for months, but she's still with us. And I, I feel like she's working through something on some level and it's not something yeah. I can understand, but she, she was sharp until she had a heart infection that I don't know when it started, but they discovered it in June of last year. And then that led to a series of strokes. And so the strokes have really impacted her cognitive ability and, and as well as her physical ability. So she's been in the bed basically since last, unable to even turn over. And, and now her mind is kind of somewhere else too. But I, I've been able to sit with her through that and kind of hold space and, and just kind of show up where she is, which is, you know, it, people again it's like early on people were just trying to fix her and this and that and I'm like yes and you know if there's something that we can do to help her absolutely but I think I mean physically but I think more of it was just kind of showing up with her and, and being you know if she says she sees somebody because she sees animals and other people and whatever I ask her questions about them instead of trying to shut that down right like I, I want to be where she is and experience you know kind of understand get a little insight into what she's experiencing and and just sort of hold her through that because she's had some really terrifying experiences i think in some cases she's reliving her traumas and and so just to be able to hold her and witness her and remind her that she's safe through like these childhood traumas and these different things that have come up for her again in these last several months as her as she's locked in this strange place in her mind some and spirit as well right but yeah so it's been it's been a very powerful journey for me and i've learned so much and in fact one of the things that that's been a, a blessing with it is i'm learning now to recognize my self-worth where i am and my let go of guilt and shame because i've watched both my dad and now my aunt 
kind of living their worst nightmares. It's like they've created the reality now and as their cognitive abilities have shifted. And so they're carrying all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, all right, what what can I let go of now? What can I clear right. up what now a, what a, while I'm... Yeah, what a beautiful yeah. lesson that they've provided for you. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, it breaks my heart that they're walking through that because they've lived really good lives. They're sure. very, they're very loving, generous, kind people. And they, you know, they've done a lot of good things in the world. So to see them stuck in this place where they think they're not enough and they haven't done enough and they haven't, you know, whatever, it just is kind of mind blowing. So it's, it's a reality check for me. <laughs> oh, what's fascinating to, to hear like from the outside your story, when I translate it for me, it's like, we talk about this, the generational trauma that, that, we have kind of stepped in and accepted that we are the ones that are going to be breaking that. Mm -hmm. In your case specifically, you have two of your living relatives in spaces where they're literally verbalizing and experiencing other realms. And you're being given the opportunity to ask the questions, to hear what they're saying so that you can go inside and cut those cords and get rid of those, the generational patterning and trauma right now. Like that is huge work. And it's not just huge work for your family, because when one person heals, you're healing your lines, your, your ancestral lines above and below. And it also helps heal the collective. Like you're doing some huge work. And when you're in it, sometimes you don't understand yeah. to the degree. Right. Right. But that that's some big work that your family has stepped into and that you have accepted the call to cut those cords and, and, and release the trauma. And another, just another perspective that I'll offer on that is like, we all, you know, a belief that I hold is, is we all sign up for something when we come here, right? We, we kind of know what we're getting into to some degree. Maybe we can't know it all, but your dad and your aunt may have signed up to go through yeah. that piece, to, to mirror that for you, to pre prepare just you. like your grandma and grandpa said, right. we're going to be there to hold her hand while she witnesses that. Yeah. And together you're, there's this collective three generations, generational effort to finally yeah. do that. It's, and you're, and you're just kind of that last vessel that had the strength. You had the power to come and, and be right. the one to finally cut it. And it is, it's very impressive. I mean, if you, if you accomplish nothing else You're done. on your time down here, you, did you will it. have shifted <laughs> huge energies and collapsed timelines and brought back all of this, you know, this trauma yeah. from your, from and that that's, line. You know, like you said, the third, three generations, I have been this, this journey. I mean, obviously I was being given the awareness through these different trips that I was guided to take, you know, to Sedona and Teo and Africa, you know you know, where I, I really started believing that, okay, my grandparents are there, my ancestors are listening and guiding and holding me, but it's really been these last few years. I mean, I went, it was the summer of 2020 when I went there and I stayed for 15 months with my dad and then came home for part of a year and then went back um, last August and was there through January. And I'm about to go back next weekend. I'll be heading back for round three, round three. <laughs> um, my aunt and my mom. So, you know, we'll see, but I really, my relationship with my grandparents during that time, I mean, it was just like almost every day I'm like, help, like, 
<laughs> you know, there were these moments where I felt like I had no clue what to do. And when I took that time to just breathe and sit still and call them in and allow their wisdom to come through, it was, I mean, I could change, I could shift the entire day just by right. doing that. I think that's, um, that's an important, an important message for mm -hmm. the listeners is that's, that's, we are all doing that to some degree. That may not be the only thing we're here to do, but we are all here with the mission of loving more, cutting these cords, healing these generational traumas and connecting to your ancestors that they were there for the same reason. Right. And so connecting to them is that tapping into that extra energy. So, you know, as, as you're going through your life, if, if you're feeling this, like, oh, this is so challenging. My, there's so much shit in my family and know that, that you have support and yeah, know that yeah. part of what you're here to do is heal that. And the way yeah. to heal that is to heal it inside of you. Mm -hmm. When you heal it in you, it is like a shockwave through the multiverse and it no longer exists. The darkness that was created from that ceases to exist. And it's through those healings of each individual that we are slowly shifting the vibration of the planet, the bigger dream of everybody that exists. And as we get that, the momentum is building and the more we do that. So right. if, if you're listening to this and you're feeling like you're going through all this stuff, access those ancestors, pick up our book. It's launching on June 21st. Suzanne gives you a way to learn to access your ancestors and use that, use that energy, use that power to heal yourself and all of that timeline that exists before and after it yeah. it's shifting it's shifting huge energies it's shifting the universe it's it's incredible stuff and people that start to do this work they don't understand that it's going to ripple have that kind of a ripple effect and so we're literally physically watching you dance between three generations mm -hmm. Right. And then when you also bring awareness to it, as soon as there's awareness to it and you set your intent to do that, then it's even more powerful because in the beginning, you're like, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where to start. But once you understand it and there's awareness around this multidimensional healing that's happening, then you can go in even deeper, set mm -hmm. more intent, ask for more help. And then the yeah. healing happens even faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And actually back what you were saying, Seth, too, about, you know, we, on some level, you know, we come in knowing our journeys or, you know, having an, some awareness. I, I recently was back, I guess it was, it was actually when Stephanie first invited me to go on this trip to Teo and be an author in this, in the other book. And that, you know, kicked up all sorts of stuff for me. I'd never written before. And I mean, at least not in any way where I'm putting it out there, I, you know, posted on Facebook or something but and so I actually got still then that sat by the creek and and did a meditation and it was it invited me to go backwards in the timeline of my life and look for the big initiations all of those moments that were so pivotal in my life good or bad or however I mean maybe not even a good or bad but however I perceived them and it takes you all the way back through to conception right so that whole experience and 
when I got to that point of conception or before conception, all of a sudden I realized it was my grandfather who called my soul in to be a part of my family and to do this work. And I had done some automatic writing a few years ago with him, the first time I actually did it, at least with an ancestor. And he had, he was in, well, it's in the chapter I mentioned, he was in World War II. And he basically, in that automatic writing, told me, he's like, you know, I saw a lot of darkness and shadows and always felt like I had to fight my way through everything. But he said, you know, where there are shadows, there's light. And basically his message was find that light, be that light and share that light. And then when I did this meditation back in the fall, it was, it was like, he was kind of bringing me back to that. Like I called you in because we need the light in this, in the world right now. And I knew that your soul, your, you were that person that could show up that way. And so it was like, you know, I, I'm sure there was some level where I had to say yes or no and accept this journey. Right. But it, I felt like he almost handpicked me and picked my soul to put it like, going to give you these genetics and, you know, well, and then you carried I mean, his warrior heart back right. down into this, this dimension to do the work. But it's like a warrior of love. Right. I mean, he yeah, did exactly. He fought, he fought with integrity and for the right reasons, but he basically was telling me, you know, he's like, you don't have to keep fighting in that same way. It's not about. Yeah. It's the warriors it's, of light. And, and right. I think, I think humanity could use a reframe of the yeah. word warrior that, you know, it's not always about fighting. Warriors also protect, they protect their right. family, they protect themselves and they lead with their hearts. And, you know, there's yeah. a dedication space and a devotion space to the divine mother. So, yeah. you know, part of our mission too is to redefine yeah. what the patriarchal side of us right. is supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool that you know, your yeah. grandfather literally gifted you part of his heart to bring yeah. down here. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like in some way that was part of why he died when he did. Like his, you know, it was like I said about a year and a half before I was born. So it right. was like he was there preparing. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and the other end of that, when he was in World War II, he got injured. And actually they told my grandmother that he had died, which thankfully he had not. But he ended up getting sent home and 11 months later my dad was born so had he not been injured I also wouldn't be here so it was, wow. it's to sort of see how these things like you never want somebody to get injured but you know it, it somehow shows you sort of the divine plan like yeah right we, right, we judge you know? these things as good or bad but without right the, what we have today would not exist right it's the butterfly right. effect if you go back millions of years and step on one butterfly it could change the face of the planet as we know it because that butterfly wouldn't land on that one flower and, and you know just so right. yeah it all happens for a reason yeah if we stay out of judgment we can just sit and witness and and marvel at how spectacular the whole the whole process is and you know i think that has been part of part of your medicine you know sitting in witness and holding space that is the divine feminine and, you know, coming in with that warrior heart and your lessons about finding that balance between the divine masculine and feminine within, those were big lessons for you stepping into caregiving. Yeah, yeah, for right? sure. And I mean, and that's coming up again now in a new way. That was part of what I was working through just yesterday because I was feeling resistance in this time. Like, I'm, 
I'm being asked to go back and, and be there with my mom. And of course, my aunt is still in hospice care. And so that there's two pieces of it. But my mom is getting to a point where we no longer feel like it's safe for her to be at home alone, right? And so, and she's, I think, in a combination of denial and ignorance, like she can't understand the extent of her cognitive decline. And so she doesn't want to leave her home of 40 plus years, right? Who would? That, that's but, a pretty common transition. Right. And so I was feeling this resistance about going there because I'm like, it's it's just so draining too. I mean, I've learned so much and been given so many gifts, but it's, it's, it's no hard. joke, right? It's hard work. <laughs> that's shadow work and, right there. And I've been feeling like, I feel like I'm finally sinking back into my own space and having time for my own projects and this and that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm getting pulled back in there. And yesterday I sort of reframed it all. And like this time, I think we're, my brother and I are talking about it. We don't know exactly what's going to happen yet, but most likely by June, we'll be trying to move her into a community, like an assisted living community or something yeah. like that, where, where some of her friends live. And so but there's a lot of action that has to take place between now and then. Yeah. And well, so... I I would describe it, the, the analogy is like, just because you've trained for a marathon, your body's ready to run a marathon, doesn't mean that that marathon's not still going to take a lot of effort. <laughs> right. You still have to commit right. to doing that. You've right. done the work to have the strength to do it. Yeah. But as we step back into those spaces, we still have to use the energy to do the work. It's yeah. not as though it doesn't yeah. still require effort. No, I know. I know. Well, that's it. And that's the other thing I, I'm learning. You know, I've got all these tools and practices. But that doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to feel the the grief and the sorrow and the, you know, the sometimes frustration and anger or whatever. It's still a difficult situation. So I have to give myself the grace to still feel all that and go sure. through it. But what I was going to say, so this time, instead of just being there to nurture and love on my family, I mean, not to say I wasn't doing a lot because I was doing a lot, but now it's like I have a goal. And I have actions I have to take. We have to clear out our house. We have to, and, and then my aunt's house as well at some point. But it's like there's there's these specific actions that have to be done now. And so as this, you know, I've been sort of asked to rebalance this masculine and feminine, and and so it sort of feels perfect. Like yesterday, all of a sudden it hit me, and I'm like, okay, like so I've been, you know, first part of my life, most of my life, I've been in that masculine like go do all the things, but it was really unbalanced. It was, it was not from a centered, healthy place, right? It was sense of obligation or whatever. Yeah. And so I moved out of that into a feminine place and gave myself time to heal and grow and learn and, and listen to guidance and everything. And now it's like, okay, <laughs> we got some stuff. And going back do. in. Learned both. Now, yeah, so this, right. this is kind of like the final exam for you. How is she going to do this? Time? Holding both energies at the same time and doing right. that agile dance, and right? Still nurturing myself. That's right. Nurturing my mom, nurturing my aunt, and caring about us all. But this time I've got like specific things that need to get done. And I can't just. You know, there's yeah. Anyway, so it's it's sort of like the universe is like, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Next, next level. You're now in your practicum. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of how I see it. You know, we, we have to yeah. go once once we get the teachings, then we have to go experience life and apply the teachings and and witness how they're going to shift our lives, shift us internally, and how it's going to shift into our external world as well. Right. right. 
So it's very cool. I'm excited for you. It's a big step. It's yeah. a big practicum you're walking into right now. Yeah. And, you know, it'll, it'll be very interesting. So your story with your dad is in your book or in the collaborative book, Shaman Heart, Sacred Rebel. Yeah. And then your story with your ancestors and listening and tuning in and how to communicate and navigate the world, having that extra support is in our book, Bites of Light, Evolving Leadership for the Spiritual Entrepreneur. So there's two places that people can go and find your writing. Mm -hmm. And soon, 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 yes, May Um, and June. Right, May 21st, May 20th. 31st. Is it that late? 31st. 31st, okay, for Sacred Heart and then, or Sacred Rebel and June 21st for Bites of Lights. Coming soon. Coming soon. We have loved having you today and we are so excited to play with you after our book comes out and we're going to be doing events and workshops and all of that. Yes. So thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Thank you both. And it's been a wonderful journey. I'm so excited. excited. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just so grateful that I could, that you two invited me to participate in this and, and kind of take that next step for myself and share it with the world and kind of give myself it's like I've got this new foundation based on what I what came through to write to write from now on this next step so yeah yeah it's amazing thank you saying yes thank thank you for saying yes to yourself and to us and to the divine plan and it'll be very exciting to see where we all go this next year yes and thank you to the listeners who showed up to watch and hopefully you learned something I know you've learned some things about accessing your ancestors and using that power to get through the challenges in your life. You're here to you're here to heal. So let's all heal the planet together. Oh my shine love. your light. All right. Shine your light. Thank you for sharing your time and energy with us. The best way to help us spread this message is to rate, review, and subscribe. If this episode impacted you in any way, share it with others. Post about it on social media or put something in the comments. Also, check out our website for upcoming events and books at www.roarrevolution.com. All our gratitude and love. All our love. See you soon.